Nigeria's inflation rate is at its highest since 2005 and we look at Ethiopia's move to open up its banking sector. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your Pulse on Everything Business. In Africa, I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. Ethiopia is opening up the banking industry to foreign investors to support the sector's services with knowledge and technology and also move the country's economy to a higher level of connection with the international market. Zemadene Negatu, Chairman Fairfax African Fund, returns to the podcast to discuss the policy and how it will help to increase competitiveness and efficiency of the financial sector. So a little perspective on the financial service sector in Ethiopia. Um, until and we're talking about opening up to foreign foreign banks. I think that's the, the question you're asking. But I'll, I'll give you a, a broader perspective. So until 1974, during the, until the last days of Emperor Haile Selassie, actually there were foreign banks in Ethiopia, okay, allowed to operate. Of course, we also had a stock market back in 74. It's almost like the economy regressed in, since 74. Uh, so what the government recently did, the Ethiopian government recently did, as part of an overall economic reform as part of the overall financial service sector reform, they made a decision to open up the banking sector in Ethiopia to foreign banks. At the moment, there are private banks in Ethiopia. Actually, there were 18. Recently, there's reached 30 of them. They're private. There are about 30 private banks, 18 of them well-established, but they're all owned by Ethiopians. So you had to be an Ethiopian citizen to open and own shares in banks in this country. So there, is, there are private banks, which was allowed uh, about 25 years ago. Uh, the, the new law came out that says, you know what, it can't just be the government that owns banks, so the government at, at that time allowed it. But they were, you know, restricted to Ethiopians only. So this new decision by the government, uh, which I think is historic because it came out after almost 50 years of of a closed banking sector. Initially, from 1974 to about the mid-1990s, it was just only government banks. And then from the mid-90s until now, it's Ethiopian banks, Ethiopian-owned banks. Now they're adding this element that says foreign banks, like everywhere else, you are allowed to come into Ethiopia. So that's the first thing we need to put in perspective. The second thing is, the, the private banks in Ethiopia today, although they've done very well, they're actually amongst the p- most profitable banks in the world, not just in Africa. They consistently pay up to 40% dividend yields annually. So they're actually doing very well. But considering the size of the Ethiopian economy, as I said, about $110 billion, third largest in Saharan Africa, they're actually relatively small. And that, I think that's the, the, the equation. That it was what factored into the government's decision-making equation. So to, let me give you something. In the recently published, the top, the 100 largest banks in Africa ranking, which was published last month by African Business Magazine in their annual ranking, they had only two Ethiopian banks. One is the state-owned government bank called the Commercial Bank of Ethiopia, which is, I, I believe it's around number 32. But the next one on the list is the biggest private bank in Ethiopia at like 92 or 93 out of 100. So there's a disconnect between the size of the economy and the size of the banking system. So what one of the governments is saying, these these banks on their own 
at the current pace cannot sustain the growth that, remember the 10% GDP growth that I was talking about, it cannot sustain that kind of growth on their own. So they said, we need to open up. So now foreign banks can come into Ethiopia. The, the, some of the discussions, the directives, the drafts that's been circulating says they can come in on their own. So set up shop on your own, come to your own branches, whatever, or buy equity in existing banks up to 40%. So those are so now there are some a lot of details in between, but the, the 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 key points is either come on your own or buy equity. So that's where the process is. The expectation is within the next one year, next twelve months, there will certainly be uh, new foreign banks in this country. Okay, already many of them had been positioning for years by opening a what's called rep offices just in Ethiopia without being operating in Ethiopia. Banks like Standard Bank of South Africa, KCB of Kenya, uh, Equity Bank of Kenya, they've all opened up rep offices the last five, 10 years, okay, hoping for this day to come. So for some of them, it's just, you know, a, a question of expanding the rep office or exploding, their, uh, escalating or scaling up their rep office, converting it into a branch if they want to, but they already know the market. So we expect in the next 12 months, there'll be foreign banks in this country. Now, overlay that, which is something that's pretty exciting in the Ethiopian financial service sector, which is the, the soon-to-be-established stock market. Uh, my expectation is by second quarter of 2024, first quarter, second quarter, the ESX, the Ethiopian securities market, which is the official name for the stock market, that'll be established. So there's a lot of reforms in the financial service sector that is happening. The liberalization of the currency, currently it's a managed currency. Uh, very soon, although there's no specific date, it will be a market-determined currency. I hope and I expect in the next few years, the capital accounts will also be opened up. It's, it's, a, it's a closed capital account. So, you know, currency transactions and all that as managed by, by government directors. So a lot of reforms are happening in the financial sector, but it's part of the overall uh, economic reforms uh, going from what we used to be a developmental state economic model for the last 25 years, 27 years, where the state actually led the growth. A lot of the 10%, the 10% GDP growth I talked about early in the early days of the Ethiopia's growth, it was all, much of it is driven by government's expenditures, CapEx expenditures, the infrastructure. Now it's going to migrate to, I would like to call it a private sector led, or at least where the private sector has the leading role in the growth of the economy. So there are some reforms in that area, for example, until recently, until a couple of years ago, 70% of banking, financing loans used to go to the state, state enterprises. Now that's completely reversed where 70% now is given to private sector loans. So uh, just when we talk about the reforms, especially in the financial service sector, you have to understand where the country is heading now, which would be a private sector led economic model which hopefully can sustain the 10% plus GDP growth we were talking about. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The annual inflation rate in Somalia eased for the third month to 6.9% in October of 2022 from 7.2% in the previous month. It's the lowest reading since May as the prices slowed farther for food and non-alcoholic beverages in September and inflation remained steady for housing and utilities. Additionally, prices continue to decrease for miscellaneous goods and services, clothing and footwear, furnishings and household equipment, transport, restaurants and hotels. 
On a monthly basis, consumer prices edged down by 0.1% after increasing by 0.4% in the previous month. The annual inflation rate in Nigeria accelerated for the ninth straight month to 21.09 in October of 2022 from 20.77 in the prior month. It's the highest reading since September of 2005, even after a recent 150 basis points rate hike by the central bank, largely due to a weaker currency that raised the cost of imported products. Food inflation climbed up for the eighth straight month to 23.72 the highest since October of 2005, amid supply disruptions caused by a widespread flooding and higher import costs. Prices of imported food climbed up 18.1% from a year earlier. Upward pressure also came from non-food products, namely housing and utilities, furniture, household equipment, education, health, miscellaneous goods and services, and restaurants and hotels. On a monthly basis, consumer prices increased by 1.24% after rising by 1.36% in the previous month. The National Bank of Rwanda raised its key interest rates by 50 basis points to 6.5% during its November 2022 meeting. It's the third interest rate hike so far this year, bringing borrowing costs to the highest level since November of 2016 with the aim of reducing strong inflationary pressures. Policymakers said that inflationary pressures remain high, with inflation projections for 2022 being higher than earlier projected, mainly due to ongoing global challenges as well as lower domestic agriculture production. The headline inflation climbed further to a near 26-year high of 31% in October, up from 23.9% in the previous month, and it is now projected to average around 13.2% in 2022 compared to the August estimate of 12.1%. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me at Withadong. With